Hello and welcome to Funny Business, a podcast that follows the journey of two corporate misfits navigating their way through business and life. On today's episode, we sit down with our friend Tammy Martin and we talk creativity, we talk products, we talk just some good stuff. <laughs> G'day. Hello. 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 How are you? What's going on with the, the sticky note over the, the camera? Are you a bit paranoid? Yeah, but Pezza. <laughs> Do you know something we don't know? Hell yes, people watch, they listen, they record, they do all of the things. I'm not risking anything. Do you guys not do that? No. Um, I, now I probably should. Hopefully I haven't had too many red wines. And, no, and no. I should have my words. <laughs> yeah. We encourage bad behaviour here. Yeah, my teeth are going to go um, bright red. It should be called bad business. What do you reckon? <laughs> Hey, what's you your podcast? Should. Yeah, do you want bad. to call it bad business? <laughs> Two shonky, shonky salesmen. Oh, I would like that. And then you can have like literally a photo shoot of you guys in like used car kind of suits and like just with these balling glasses on and yeah, just fucking do it outside oh, of it like a car wash. Bad. bad business. <laughs> I'm into that. Well, I don't know. It's a big punt, isn't it? Okay, so that's like 101 is like, what's your, like, your kind of story you're telling and how are you packaging it up and branding it? And like, it's an interesting thing. It's funny because it's like, you know, when people profile each other or if you're like chatting to people um, and you look at an artist or something and without necessarily realizing or knowing or even like if you're to characterize or sum up a person and you you take them for like their face value but also like you have a a little bit of time to meet them and stuff and you can you can pretty quickly like sum up their vibe and the interesting thing is how do you fucking bottle that cool authenticity that you capture in a relationship and a connection with a person and put that out into a strategized, uh, packaged, beautiful thing that, that people can receive that and it translates. That's hard. It's like, that's what people struggle with. It's like, you know, you get a shitty Tinder. I've never been on Tinder. I don't know about you guys. Pre marital days. (laughs) (laughs) Married. Yeah, we actually you met are, yeah, We met on married. Tinder. We met <laughs> yeah. on Tinder. Right, so you're a success story. Yes. I've, ne- I've never been on it, but I have he- heard some freaking hilarious stories. It's that thing, that profile that you want to give to somebody and have them be like, yeah, and then have it translate. So it's got to translate into a live performance. So like even, you know, as an artist, it's like sitting in here creating music and chatting to people online, putting my best photos where you can't see my double chin or the fact that, you know, I could be growing a moustache, who knows? But it's like having, (laughs) you put that shit out there and then you want that live performance to be just as real and like you want it to be like translatable and relatable. Like it's got to match up. If you're creating stuff that's at the true core and the root of who you are and what you're about um, and who you're doing it for and why and all that, like without over-engineering it, 
if you kind of um, have that real genuine uh, drive, then you can kind of just remember that, hang on a second, I, I just got, I've just got to be me in this. And that's, uh, that's, that is a challenge. And that's how, you know, when people are building brands and trying to find out um, who, who they are as an artist or who am I as a person or who am I as a business person, whatever it looks like. As soon as you try to like engineer and manufacture and overanalyze and overcook it, I think it can get a bit lost. And like, I'm definitely guilty of that. Like, you know, say even with music and stuff, like, you know, over, maybe over like uh, engineering a, an idea and not, and just having it, like it's gotta be perfect before I can put it out, out there. Because if I don't, I'll be like, I'm gonna die. <laughs> yeah to totally I, and it, I remember watching a YouTube video going down the rabbit hole um, and it was talking about wrestlers um, like WWE wrestlers and yeah. and they were talking about the, the successful ones and why they were successful and it all came back to the one common theme and that was all the best wrestlers accentuating themselves so it's easy for them they've simplified it yeah um, so yeah, it's just, it's just, it makes it easy. They don't have to think about too much. They just have to be themselves, but a little bit more. Or just that, share, share yourself. Like, yeah. Yeah. Be a bit open. Yeah. And just, cause you don't have to think too much. You can sort of be on autopilot and just bring that energy. Um, yeah. and then it sort of simplifies it and breaks it down pretty easier, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. And like, and that's something I'm really learning, especially with, um, being an artist and especially in this time with, Rona, anti-Ronavirus, is like really learning about like what is true self-led stuff that I want to do and that I'm working on versus me trying to engineer a certain um, brand or a certain um, thing. You know, like I'm really starting to, to kind of uh, navigate through, ah, shit, when it's true self and it's led by a complete and utter like internal feeling of compassion and love and um, excitement for, for shit, like creativity, it always comes out um, because you leave all, all that business crap at the door and you leave those branding personas and you leave those insecurities and stuff and you leave them all at the door. And I've literally like when I go in to create music, um, at the moment with COVID and stuff, I've literally started to realize, shit, leave my social media busyness, the generating content for other people um, outside of my songwriting, because it really doesn't, it doesn't help. It doesn't help with um, capturing that essence of real, true feelings and true self. And it's like the true self that we, all gravitate to when we're talking to each other we don't like like people we don't gravitate to fake people you know people don't gravitate to fake people generally like they kind of want to know what some some someone's about what makes them tick and and you kind of have to learn how do you do that in a way when you're creating but then also be able to turn that into uh, something that you can put out and have it be translatable for me if i'm creating music or I'm creating an idea or a concept I, I really do keep my counsel very small and and that's another thing I've learned along the way it's like people if you if you try and so something that I've I've explained and Rob and I've had this in 
uh, the business sector, it's like when I when I share a demo with somebody, which is you know a very raw cut or even a phone recording of a song or an idea that I've created. I'm so careful about who I share that with in the sense that a lot of people can't imagine what you can hear and see in your head. And if you hand that idea over and it's, um, you can imagine, you can see it and you can hear it, you have to kind of expect that not everyone else can. So therefore you have your trusted few uh, people that you know that they get they get your vibe they know what you're about they know what your thinking is going to be they've got that kind of edgy sort of creative and like almost devil devil's advocate sort of i was going to ask you how you pick them people in that circle yeah yeah um i think it's uh so my two two of my best mates that i'm living with at the moment like one's a musician one's not and um but they're very um honest and open they know my true self. They know me so well. They know, um, they, they also know how, like what, what it is to create a good song. Like they've got context around that. Cause one of them is a musician. He understands the mechanics of it all and stuff like that. But there'll be time they'll I'll come to, to him for different things. Um, so if I, if I want help to structure something, um, he'll be able to help me with that. Or if I want help with, I can't quite get the words for these lyrics. So therefore, can you help me with, what do you think about that? But even just, yeah. So it's kind of people that really know you and know um, the message you're trying to convey, but also at the same time, they're not too scared to give you some pretty freaking raw like feedback uh, as well. Um, and it's just, you just have to go through the process of when you're ready to get that feedback and you think you need that feedback, then you can go and seek that help. But to allow yourself to create and innovate in a space that you're not having all of those parameters put around you too soon. It's not an easy thing. You're, like, mm. you're talking about why it's so difficult is because you open yourself up to being vulnerable to put what you think is pretty good out there. Mm. What, what happens when they say it's shit? Yeah, and if that, if that happens, yeah. So <laughs> if that happens, nice say. <laughs> oh, I love that. That was the classic say. <laughs> Good job, Rob. Of course, it freaking happens. Like, um, do you know what? I think for me, um, when it comes to work and it comes to business and it comes to technology and it comes to that other part of my life, um, I I'm not that scared because it's it doesn't it doesn't um it, i'm passionate but i take more risks because it's my day job and it's not it's not everything that i feel and breathe and it's not my soul i love it but the way that i kind of um interpret life and, and communicate and connect is through music and it's soul healing and it's like it helps with mental health and all that sort of stuff so when it's something that you love so freaking much, it hurts way more when you get the the feedback from something that you're so invested in. And, you know, you think about like something of like, if someone says something hurtful to you that you really freaking love and you're like, yeah, cool, I hear you. And like, ouch, that hurts. But if it's someone you don't really give a shit about, you're like, oh, whatever, move on. I know I'm doing a good thing. But when the feedback is something so close to your heart, 
it's um hard to get back but that again it's all about um going to those people that you really trust that you know that they're going to give you the honest feedback you you need and you have to ignore everything else because and I don't always do it well at all. I, I literally ha can struggle with that of like, oh my gosh, and, you know, people get into, stuck into the trap of like comparing themselves to other artists and how, how do these people get here or what, you know. Um, and there's been stuff that I've um, had, yeah, feedback wise about music and all that. And um, you just, I think you just have to kind of, uh take it take it on if your loved ones confirm that for you and if it's just other people's opinions you literally can't take it on you you can't even i don't even really look at stuff like reviews or i don't yeah so yeah, i hear you about the inner circle thing like and i have it similar we're pretty brutal with each other's ideas yeah. yeah it's sort of a look now isn't it or it's just a or it's a leave you on raid for a little bit isn't it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like i'm thinking about it i'm thinking about it he hates it he hates, <laughs> he hates it. it and then we'll come up with like i was only joking or <laughs> no, just, just kidding man. just kidding just kidding yeah. but it is good we are we are pretty brutal i mean not oh, i wouldn't say brutal that's not the right word it's it's more honest just honest it's, it's constructive it's honest I think I think what's really interesting is that um, when you are like you know Brene Brown talks about being in the arena. She talks about um, if you don't if you're not in that freaking arena fighting the fight alongside me, like taking punches as well as giving them, you don't get to give me any feedback or constructive criticism. Like you're not invited to the party, and. Yeah. And I think, you know, with you guys and, and like funny business or bad business, um, how do you think you will go about, how are you going to go about hearing and receiving feedback around what you're doing? Oh, well, I can only speak personally for me, but oh, it's sort of natural for me where I don't really give a shit. Oh, mm. I'm in the mindset now where if, if someone's taken the time to, to say that to me and they're not, you know, I don't really know them then it's probably correct or there's some aspect to that that's probably true. So, you know, while it's not good to, you know, take all feedback on board, sometimes it's really thinking about who, who it is. And if they've taken the time and effort to engage and give you some feedback, you know, it's probably worth investigating and looking into. So for me, and our whole purpose behind this thing is continuous learning. So um, yeah. if we're not open to that, then there's really no point in doing it. So we're, pretty, we're going to be very open in terms of, what we're learning at the moment, especially me editing and doing all this stuff that I've never done before. So um, I'm learning, it's going to get better and I'm just excited and I'm expecting it to go well. Yeah. And you're killing it. Like oh. you set up. Yeah. Hey, like all he does is, wait, is spot on. Like, and look at that smile. <laughs> but like say, but Rob say with you, with your footy background and stuff, um, and something that's like fully, like really true, like this thing that you're so invested in that you loved then, um, how did you cope with uh, feedback from different channels? And how did you like, I guess, take the stuff on board that meant something versus doesn't yeah. and apply that and now apply that to your, your new venture that you're doing? I've learned lots of things along the way, especially with feedback wise. I've always been someone who proactively seeks feedback. One, because I like to get better and I like to improve. 
Um, one of the one of the key things on this question was probably around getting ready to accept feedback, being in a headspace to accept feedback. I know you talked about being someone in a, in a circle, and it's for me giving receiving feedbacks two way street. So in order to give constructive feedback, you have to understand how you can convey a message that resonates with the other person. Yeah. The other person also has to be willing and ready to understand what it is that person's trying to tell them and be willing to take it on and, and take action from it. I think I had a lot of issues early, early on in maturity wise. I just, from footy, I learned, uh, I learned lots. <laughs> Biggest story. Down there, but more what I take away now is around, I'm, I'm constantly looking for feedback. I'm in a completely different career path than what I was. This mm. year is finally start talking about stuff. I think it feels long enough. It's 10 years since I, I played and that's, <laughs> that for me, I've had lots of different, whatever it may be. I've never really liked to talk about footy. I, once it finished, I moved on, not in, not in my head, but I did with every, all my actions, everything else I was doing. It's just, yeah, it's difficult. To be honest, I'm going to get honest with you. The mental uh, kind of, the mental well-being of these people who are obsessed with fitness and diet and and um, body shape and muscle and like, how are they going? You should interview one of them. <laughs> so, yeah, that that's actually that's a good perspective because yeah. that's something I would never think about. But that I want to know. <laughs> Me too. Now we're I want to know. Get, get get someone on that can explain this to us. Like, I'm not. I'm not a fitness fanatic, and uh, no, I. <laughs> I'm actually enjoying it because everyone's sort of like me at the moment. So now everyone's chubby and a bit, you know, a bit rugged. And You're I'm like, I've been this chubby. for ages. I've been like this for ages. So I'm the, oh, I'm the king. You've been rugged then? You just have been rugged? <laughs> did I say that? Yeah, you did. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't say handsome. I just said rugged. <laughs> yeah, but give him a break. You, uh, handsome and rugged. It's you. You're allowed that one. Also, you're not chubby, and oh, Tam, you don't know. We've we've spoken through some. <laughs> well, I've only last... seen you from like. Yeah, yeah. There's a reason you can only see my chin. <laughs> the one chin. I'm not moving. <laughs> I might need some pegs to just stretch the skin. <laughs> yeah, are you like tied up at the back with or, like oh. Charles is holding on to oh. your, your back Look. fat from behind? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm shopping on like all these online stores like ASOS and that. And I'm just going, there's an extra size going up, but I'm just saying, cause I like the shape, but really it's cause of my shape. <laughs> but I just, you know what I mean? I, like, and it's like, as soon as I shaved my head and went bald, I was like, there's only certain bald people clothes. You know what I mean? So I threw out all the stripes I had in my wardrobe. Cause I was like, bald people don't wear stripes. Bald people don't wear stripes. And then I had a turtleneck and I was like, I just look like roll on deodorant. And I was just going through this whole thing. It's a massive thing that no one talks about, going bald. And I remember waking up with hair on the pillow. I remember waking up with hair on the pillow and I'm like, oh, I'm fucked here. Like, I'm, I'm literally, I'm telling everyone, oh, I care so much about my hair at this point, 17. I'm putting that much muck in it and straighten it. Dyed it like bleach black. I thought I was Tom DeLong from Blink and I just burnt the shit out of my hair and it just never grew back. <laughs> 
and, and, and I was like, I remember when I first shaved, it was like number one or number two. And it was like, I look 40. And it was like, my confidence went from 100 to zero. I was like, I'm never going out in public. And then I started, yeah, obviously going, what am I going to wear? You know, bald people don't wear these sort of clothes. Oh, that I'm wearing it just doesn't make sense. I got a moon head. Now I'm a beanie man. I was a hair man. Um, so it's just, yeah. So there's a lot more to it going bald. And there's a lot of, you know, no one talks about it. And, you know, I'm, I'm wrapped now. I've got a microphone and I can just start spooking this shit because it's real. How do, we, how do we get to that? Well, I don't know. Robbie's like, how do we get down that foxhole? But I what I love, no, but what I love is, no, we're talking about because basically in COVID, we were talking about like not needing to like necessarily make sure you're like, you know, looking after your, or like, you know, that you're not getting fat or whatever. Anyway, that lock is so interesting because I, I definitely, like, I've got friends who went bald at a young age. You don't have to go quieter. You don't have to go quieter and dim the mood down. They went down what? a bit. No, no. <laughs> I've got okay. some bald friends. <laughs> you, know what I mean? you can bring some energy. They're humans too. <laughs> no, but I'm like... But Why are you whispering? <laughs> I haven't, like, really, I guess... I, I, I've, I've known it's been, like, for some people, it's like... Oh, like, I, I mean, we don't think about it. Like, I wouldn't even yeah. think that it wouldn't even cross my mind. It's just like the way that I see you and the way that you look, I'm like, fuck, he's, he looks rad. He pulls off everything he's doing. But then there's, there's that thing around like, yeah, like you, you can't <laughs> I love choose. Compliments. You can't choose what, if you're going to go bald. At like, how no. old are you? No, I was going to rub some like coffee shit on my head. I was freaking out, man, because my identity was my hair. You know what I mean? Like, that was, that was... I can't even imagine you with hair. Oh, but... t- 10 out of 10. I'm honestly, God done all the other blokes a favor <laughs> by turning me bald. I was a genuine 10. Honestly, I remember I got a little freckle on my forehead. And I remember when I had hair, I couldn't see it. And all of a sudden, it started going back and back and back. And I was like, holy shit, this ain't going to end. How old were you? Uh, seven. 17 so I shaved my head when I was right before I was 18 um and yeah I mean number three or four at the start and it looked shocking and then obviously went skinhead but obviously I had a white head and it just oh man the confidence (laughs) was so low and I was like what am I going to do and like it sounds stupid but you stress out you know what I mean like my head's totally different now you know what I mean people look at me and go what he doesn't (laughs) look like that anymore you know and every photo from now on I'm going to have the same head so no one thinks about that either like unless I get some hair plugs or something but um, it's a real thing so my one tip for anyone who's going bald doesn't matter what age shave it off you look older if you're looking if you're hanging on just get rid of it find some bald clothes I might do like a little I might do a little article oh wait no we need to start a merch line find some bald clothes bad business yeah bad bad business. business bald clothes so there's a bold clothing line and then, yeah, for bad business. You were, and then, you were in turtlenecks for a while there, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. Well, he said he looked like a stick of deodorant. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it didn't smell good. Rub it again recently. <laughs> Did you, like, rub it, like, oils on your head? No, look, none of, that, none of that stuff was around, but, you know, I don't know, 10 years ago. Back in my day. Back in my day, 10 years ago. No, but now, like, I've got a friend. I'm not going to name and shame him, but he's a lovely cat. 
and he um and he's he's going bald and he started rubbing this coffee stuff on his head and and now it's growing back and it's a little like very light and fluffy but you know what i mean if, if he's going for that effect it's working a treat <laughs> but, um, yeah i've got a friend who's had which i won't name either in case they do end up watching all the things um who got full implants done and he like got the he got the back skin out of oh, here. Oh, no. Sliced out with the hair and put the, the plugged in here. Does like, it look good? Oh, yeah. It looks good. But so you're always... Where you, are I'd you going to get your hair from? Yeah. <laughs> I'd be worried, though. Like, I remember, honestly, when it was going bald, I'd be going outside. If it was a windy day, forget it. I'm not catching up. I'm staying at home. And if it was, if it was a bit wet, there's no chance. There's no chance you'd see me. I just... It just... <laughs> That's how bad it was. That's how vain I was. Oh, that's no, so but it's so. But when, yeah, but when you're a kid, it, I don't know. It just that was me, that was me. Of course, no, but of course you were like going mm. through that. Like, yeah. Can I tell you one really random story that is so totally off topic of anything? Yes. And like, you're off the topic. It's all good. <laughs> continue. In my. <laughs> And my cousin will kill me probably for telling it. Anyway, have you heard of people that have like the full uh, conjoined toes? So your <laughs> your two toes are joint together. By have you seen it? Mm, oh, uh, no, I don't think so. No, okay. Oh. So it's not your big toe, but it's the first and the second toe, and it's joint together all the way up to the toenail. It's joint. Oh, yeah. yeah. So anyway, it's like, yeah, my, my cousin literally got his split when he was a kid. Oh. So they split it down the middle and separate the toes. But they have to do a skin graft. So they, they got a skin graft from his very like inner groin. This is while he was just a little like seven-year-old kid. And now he's like 26 and he started to grow pubic hair. <laughs> Between the skin graft, like where the toe is. So if he, oh. if he opens the split of his toe, this pubes in there. Oh my god. Surely he gives it a trip. That's a shocking story. <laughs> I love it. I, but it's like, I don't want to say it's like when embarrassing bodies comes on. And it's just like, I can't eat. You know what I mean? Like, why am I watching this? Who's watching this? <laughs> watcher i like honestly if oh, these guys got it on i'm like I'm, skip over that shit like, i'm just <laughs> worried about people who buy that on like dvd you know what i mean i've got season one of embarrassing bodies imagine getting that as a gift cheers mate yeah and rob's, yeah. About, rob's about to fall asleep because he's it's past his bedtime I know, and I haven't had any dinner hence why i'm getting more and more boozy as we talk i loved him She's a special person. People should li sit down, listen. If you haven't checked out our music, go check it out. For, for us, if you're listening still, go to iTunes and give us a rating. If we're shit, let us know, but hopefully you don't uh, actually, mind us. No, no. If we're shit, don't let us know. Let, let us know privately. Privately, yeah, yeah. Five <laughs> stars. Five stars. <laughs>